A reading from John, the 12th chapter, beginning with the 12th verse. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. The gospel of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we do thank you and we praise you uh, for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Lord, we thank you that you are the king who has come. You came into this world, you went to the cross, and there you suffered and died for us. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you rose victorious for us. And Lord, you still come to us. You come to us by means of your word and of the sacraments. You continue to come into our lives, delivering to us, Heavenly Father, the gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins, your presence with us daily through the difficulties that we face in life, and the promise of eternal life. For this, we too sing loud praises of Hosanna. So Lord, may you bless this time. May you give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, and give us hearts to receive from your word today. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In this reading from John chapter 12, Jesus Christ, our Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, entered into Jerusalem, the one who created the universe, the one who spoke the universe into existence with a word, entered into Jerusalem as a humble servant riding on a donkey. And we see from the reading that the people of Jerusalem, they were filled with joy. And their joy at Jesus entering into Jerusalem explodes into these loud shouts of praise. They're quoting from Psalm 118, which we read today. John recorded it this way, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Jesus the King, Jesus the Savior. But what kind of a king? What kind of a savior? What were the people shouting Hosanna on that first Palm Sunday? What were they expecting from Jesus? What were they so excited about on that Palm Sunday? They were filled with excitement because they hoped that Jesus would be their political savior. 
They hoped that Jesus would enter into Jerusalem and start an uprising and that their Roman occupiers would be removed and that they would then become a free and independent Israel. Jesus wasn't interested. He wasn't interested in politics or to reign as an earthly king as he entered into Jerusalem. Jesus had one thing in mind as he entered Jerusalem. He had one thing, and that one thing that Jesus had on his mind as he entered Jerusalem was you. It was you. It was your salvation. He entered into Jerusalem as the King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords to lay his life down upon the cross for you and for your salvation. That's why he entered Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. Today I'd like to give an explanation of the Hebrew term Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna seems to be one of those words that underwent a change of meaning over time, and I believe that the same thing happens within English, uh, within our English language too, is that words can, can morph, they can change over time, and it seems as if Hosanna is one of those words. We find the word Hosanna in Psalm 118.25, and we read that today. If you'd like to turn there, you can turn there in your Bible. Psalm 118.25, and that's what uh, the people, uh, verses 25 and 26, were declaring on that first Palm Sunday. And there we, we see the term Hosanna in this phrase, save us, we pray. Save us, we pray. Hosanna. It's the meaning of Hosanna. Save us, please. We pray. We beg. O Yahweh. O Lord. So that's what the term Hosanna means. It means, save us, please. Psalm 118, 26, save us, we pray, O Lord, O Lord, we pray, give us success. And then, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, we bless you from the house of the Lord. Hosanna, in Psalm 118, 25, is this. It's like a person who is, who is drowning. cries out, save me, please, I'm drowning. That's Hosanna in Psalm 118.25. It is a desperate call for salvation. One year at a week-long Bible camp, and there's a week-long Bible camp that's held every summer at Warm Beach Camp, and some of you have been there before. Some of you maybe have never heard of uh, Bible Camp at Warm Beach. Um, I was a head counselor uh, for the boys along with uh, a pastor in Everett. His name is Pastor Marty Valder. And we got a call. We had these walkie-talkies as the head counselors. We got a call. There was a rat in one of the girls' cabins. And so the cry came out, save us, there, there's a rat in our cabin, we, we need somebody to come. I think everybody was asleep. I was dead tired. 
because the head counselor has to stay up the latest. And so uh, Pastor Marty Valder, who's the pastor at uh, a church up in Everett, uh, went, uh, him and myself went, and we, we went there, and, and uh, Pastor Marty got a broom, and uh, I, I took a cinder block with me. <laughs> I don't know why I took a cinder block, but I don't know what I was going to do with that, but, I, but he takes the broom, I take the cinder block, and there may have been somebody else, too, and we go into this cabin to eradicate the rodent issue. You see, the, the cry of Hosanna went out, save us, please. Who wants a rat in their cabin? So uh, Marty goes in and he shoes the rat out from underneath one of the, the beds or the bunks or something. And so here comes this rat right for me. <laughs> and I had the cinder block. But I didn't use the cinder block. You know what I did? I screamed. <laughs> I screamed like a woman. I didn't know I could scream like a woman. But I can. So if there's ever a rat in your house, don't call me. Don't call me. Hosanna, come, save us. There's a rat in our cabin. Hosanna, come, save. There's an issue in my life and I don't have what it takes. Save, save. Please, Lord, come and save. I don't have what it takes when it comes to a face-to-face -face encounter with a rat. God, on the other hand, is mighty to save. When we cry, God, save, please, when we cry, Hosanna, as the psalmist did in Psalm 118.25, he is more than able to save when God faces down the rats of Satan and suffering. He comes with might and power, and he has defeated all of them upon the cross. So what's the meaning of Psalm 118.25? Lord, save. Come to my aid, please, I beg you. And from what I can tell over time, Hosanna, this term morphed into a declaration of praise to a king. So then it becomes, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your salvation. Eventually it became a term of praise to a king for salvation which had been won or was anticipated to be won. And we've seen this in our own nation's history. When the troops have come home from victory, the ticker tape parades, when sports teams have won a national championship and they come home and the great celebrations. This is Hosanna as praise, as praise. And we too give praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has won salvation for us by the cross and in his resurrection. Now Hosanna in John 12, 12 through 19. The people are offering praise to Jesus as king, but what kind of a king? They are praising Jesus as the king whom they believed came to save from Roman occupation. 
So this cry of Hosanna was misunderstood by those in Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday. They had placed their faith in Jesus as a political savior who would win, win victory by an uprising through which he would take an earthly throne and establish another free and independent Israeli nation. But this understanding of Jesus quickly, it rapidly went away as Holy Week progressed. When Jesus ministered in Jerusalem Monday through Friday, it became evident to the people in Jerusalem that he was not going to be their kind of savior. Jesus had no interest in political victory. And by Good Friday, we know this, by Good Friday, those loud shouts of Hosanna turned into loud shouts of crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Before the first Good Friday was over, Jesus was dead and buried. And with his burial was buried the hopes of a people looking for a political savior. Now we go to the meaning of Hosanna for us. Jesus is indeed the king of kings, the king of, of heaven and of earth, the king of all that is seen and unseen. And it's very interesting, he was already king over the Romans and the Jews and the whole world and the whole universe. There was no need for him to set up a, an earthly throne because his throne in heaven was secure. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He was a king who came to win a victory, a victory for us, a victory over the forces of sin, the forces of death, the forces of hell, and the forces of everything that caused us to suffer in this life. Our cry of Hosanna on this Palm Sunday in 2018 is to the crucified and resurrected Jesus who has won salvation for us by his bloody suffering and death upon the cross. Our cry of Hosanna is not to an arrogant political leader but to our humble Savior, to Jesus who rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey our cry of Hosanna is to the one who was bound, who was beaten, who was bloodied, who was crucified, who was buried. Our cry of Hosanna is directed to the cross, to the cross. To an unbelieving world, this is foolishness. This is absolute foolishness. You mean you worship a crucified Savior? You worship a Savior who was defeated? But to us who are being saved, the cross is not a defeat, but the cross is our victory. We have victory by the cross of Jesus Christ. So our Hosanna cry today is to our victor, Jesus Christ. He has won the victory, spiritual victory by the shedding of his blood, victory over your sin, 
victory over Satan and his demonic forces, and victory over death. You have victory today. You are a beneficiary of Jesus' bloody victory. Jesus is your conquering king who has won the battle for you. So the call today is believe this. Believe this. You have victory in Jesus Christ. It is yours. And the victory came by the cross and the resurrection. We'll take it a step further. Did you know that you are connected? You today are connected to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His death and his resurrection are your death and your resurrection. You have died to sin and you are alive in Christ Jesus. You have been raised as Christ was raised from the dead, forgiven, and given this great gift of eternal life. Turn in your Bibles today to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, beginning with the third verse. This teaches us how we were connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 6, chapter 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that the old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin. Dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. You are dead to sin. Sin has died in you by the death of Christ. And you are alive in Christ Jesus today by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful passage. So now you have victory over sin and death. What is the cry of the Christian? What is the cry of the baptized? The cry of those who have been baptized is Hosanna. Hosanna. So learn the cry of Hosanna in, in daily life. Live out this term day to day. 
Remember that he is the one who saves, just as the psalmist proclaim in Psalm 118.25, Save us, we pray, O Lord. Learn this in your daily life. You see, life is difficult, and you know this. You've been through it. You've experienced the pain and the heartache of this life. You know what it is to grieve. You know what it is to receive that scary diagnosis from the doctor. You know what it's like to receive that awful phone call. You know. You know all about this life and the difficulties of this life. That's why we, on a daily basis, need to learn what it means to cry out to God for our salvation, that he would come to us to save us in the midst of all the scary things that we experience in this life. The gospel lesson says the disciples didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand Palm Sunday and they didn't understand Good Friday. They didn't even understand Easter morning. Uh, At least most of them didn't. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the donkey, the shouts of praise, and then it turned into rejection and arrest. They didn't understand the thorns, the nails, and the tomb. We don't understand the sufferings that we face in life either, do we? How we can go on a mountaintop. We're living up here. We're filled with joy, and then all of a sudden, everything comes crashing down. Just a moment. But we have learned and we have found that during the hard times, during those times that we don't understand, we have learned to cry Hosanna in our darkest hour. We have learned to cry Hosanna in daily life. We have learned that He is mighty and that He is powerful to save that he comes to us at our darkest hour. So learn the cry of Hosanna in daily life. He is mighty. He is powerful. Are you sick? Are you grieving? Is your heart heavy? Learn the cry of Hosanna. Cry out to the Lord. Lord, save me. Please. I need you. I don't have what it takes. And you will find that he is strong when we are weak, that he picks you up. He doesn't always remove the problems. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a Savior that we just cried out to and all of our problems went away automatically? Wouldn't that be great? But he says, no. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then he keeps us and he sustains us through the difficulties of life. So learn to cry out to him for help, knowing his might, knowing his power, knowing that his grace is sufficient. Learn to praise him in daily life, so not only Hosanna is a cry for help, but also as a cry of praise. Thanking him, praising him, giving thanks for his goodness and his faithfulness. So often we we come to the Lord with so many prayer requests and then we forget to come back and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that 
Because I can see, I can see in my past how you came to my aid and my salvation. So learn Hosanna's praise. Never forget to give him thanks and praise for everything that he has done in your life. And we'll take it a step further. Because we are a private people, we need to learn to proclaim Hosanna to our neighbors. We need to learn once again what it means to to be a Christian publicly, to be those who in public admit our need for Jesus and those who in public give honor and glory to Jesus for what he has done. It's time for our faith to no longer be private but to be a public thing that is lived out in this mission field of Linwood, Washington and the area that surrounds us. So point people to Jesus. We live in a world, and you know this, a world filled with people who are constantly defeated by life. When they face pain in their lives, they don't They don't know the power and the reality of what undergirds our cry of Hosanna. They don't have that foundation, that foundation that we have. When they face pain in in their life, they don't know the power and and reality of, of, of going to this God in prayer and knowing that he is there for us to undergird us. They have nothing but themselves. Nothing but themselves. Can you imagine Going through life, depending only on yourself or whatever resources you can pull together, they have nothing but themselves. They have no one to whom they can direct a Hosanna cry. They don't have a stable power in their life. Sometimes uh, they, they will look to One person is the answer. They'll rally around a political leader believing that the politician will be their savior. And we've seen that on both sides of the political spectrum, right? If only this guy, only this gal can become our political leader. Jesus has sought us. He has saved us. He has given to us his death and resurrection victory, and he has called us to share this victory with a lost world, to live out our faith. And not long after his death and resurrection, Jesus gave a trust to the disciples. It was and it is the trust of the Great Commission. It's been given to us too. And this Great Commission has been entrusted to you. It has been given to you and to me and to all of us as a church. And the Great Commission is basically this, go and tell others. Tell others. Tell them about Jesus. Baptize and teach. Baptize so that they too would be connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded that they would know and that they would experience that that rock-solid foundation that we have in Jesus Christ. 
We have been called by Jesus to participate with him in bringing people to Christ. This is our call. This is our mission as a congregation. So go and proclaim Hosanna. I wouldn't do that literally. People might think you're nuts if you go out into the streets and you start crying Hosanna, but you get the point. Go public. Go public with your faith. May you never be ashamed to publicly live out your faith, to publicly share your faith, and to publicly give praise to your Savior for what he has done for you by his life and in his resurrection. Amen. Amen. And I usually say after the end of my sermon, the peace of the Lord be with you. Very good.